Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This episode of The Warriors Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate, or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Bram. No Maxime today, but with me per usual. My boy, producer, and a guy whose background is just annoying the hell out of me right now, Mr. Marcus Taylor. What's going on, MT? What's up, Dev Nation? Look, this is an emergency podcast. We are here to talk about the Warriors' incredible run to the finals. They're set up to go for the sixth time in eight years, which is just unbelievable. If you had told this to me like 15 years ago, if I'd like traveled back in time and wrestled Bram out and told him, look past Bram, we're going to be going to six finals in eight years. Hang in there. There's, I just would not believe it at all. And so we had to talk about it, but I'm also so distracted, man. Really, you got to have a bean background on the day that we're going to be talking about the finals. But I mean, this is this is preposterous. 
I'm I'm making good. I'm giving you your hundred beans. Yeah, it's definitely okay. hundred right here. You still owe me a hundred. That's like thirty beans behind you, <laughs> and I want my money, but I will not jump down this rabbit hole. Instead, my man, we are going to be talking about the finals. In fact, I even have an off the court report. But how are you feeling this morning, man? We are we're less than what twelve hours removed from uh, from taking down Dallas in a gentleman's sweep. What are you thinking? I'm loving it, man. I mean this this playoff run has been crazy. Like it feels emotionally draining and we've only, we, we've won the series five, six, and five. Like we've had two gentlemen sweeps and then, you know, we didn't even go to a game seven with Memphis and yet it still feels like this has been the craziest um, run of, of all. So um, it's just ex- exciting. It's fun to be back here. Um, I was saw on Instagram that Steph had a quote, um, at the end of last year where he was saying it was different. You know, it didn't work out this year when they had lost to the playing game to Memphis. You don't want to see us next year. Yeah. You don't want to see us next year. I don't know how many different ways to say it, but it's, uh, it's, it was a special year. All things considered now I'm in a new experience for me. Draymond Loon tried to make the most of it, come back, bottle this up. Everybody make the right strides, take advantage of the summer and, don't want to see us next year. He he planned it and he called it. So it's exciting to see him call that shot like that. We're going to be talking about really the main reason I wanted to convene this emergency podcast is we got a, a great question in the email. And the question was, is this the most entertaining run to the final so far? Don't answer it yet. We'll get there in a minute. But one of the reasons I think maybe it is in that category is what you've just described is what we've gone through to get to where we are right now. But before we go through that, I already mentioned it. I have an off the court report, right? So we don't always do these. And generally speaking, when we do, we use the guests. The idea behind the off the court report is if you listen to this show, you know what the hell happens to the Warriors between the lines. But we occasionally get guests, frequently get guests who follow these guys everywhere and can tell us some things that happen off the line. Well, over the last couple of weeks, we have kind of veered away from the guests so that we could really dig into our own takes. And that's going to shift uh, next week leading up to the finals. We actually have a lot of people lined up and I'm excited to see them. But today, even though we don't have a guest, I have an off the court report. So yesterday I didn't go to the game, um, but I live in San Francisco or live. Jesus, Maxime, edit that out. I'm hell of embarrassed that I even said that. I work in San Francisco. I have never checked out Thrive City. So I went out of my way to go down there before the game just to kind of get a sense of it. You know, like I, I've, I've been curious. So I did. Uh, and I didn't watch the game. To be fair, I went down there for about an hour and a half before it, but I still got a sense. And MT, I'm a fan, dude. I liked it a lot. Uh, Let's see. Bullet point number one, there was weed everywhere. Made me feel immediately comfortable. I felt like I was back in high school. I felt like I was at like Skyline. You know, I I doubt that anyone was selling or had any 10 sacks. I think we're like beyond the dime sack at this stage of uh, California's legal weed you know, setting. But it was cool just just to have that familiar smell in a place that I associate with the Warriors, I enjoyed. But the thing I liked even more, there was a camaraderie, man. It felt like old school Oracle. Um, There was pent up emotion. Everybody wanted desperately to celebrate. I feel like if I had successfully thrown something away in a garbage can, I would have gotten like eight standing ovations and hella high fives. And then there was also, as I mentioned, it, it was like a feeling of we belong. 
People weren't just there to enjoy. People weren't just there to celebrate. They were there to enjoy and celebrate together. They were there to shithouse Barkley together. And there's something about sports success that's independent in, in this form of entertainment. I can't think of any other movie or television show or anything else where if you get around a group of people who also enjoys that television show, where you feel like you're a family and during the playoffs, especially last night in Thrive City, it felt like that. Um, so huge thumbs up for me. Uh, I, I, like I said, I didn't watch the game, but I now want to. I will have one downside, but it has nothing to do with Thrive City. It's a shot at TNT. So for those of you who have never been to Chase, what they have outside of the arena is this giant screen. That's kind of the foundation for Thrive City, right? That's where you're going to be watching the game. And then they've set up this kind of stadium seating on the other end. And I would imagine the idea of that's where you sit to watch the game. Well, when TNT constructed their stage, dude, they, they constructed it right in front of those seats and are blocking it out entirely. So like I... I guess it's fine. We get to stand and watch and it's only a section of it, but I don't know. Just an, an extra reason for fuck Barkley that they took away our only seating available in Thrive City. So thumbs up to that, but thumbs down to the, the set choices of the TNT design. Were you the one who threw the towel at Barkley and kicked multiple off times? Time, yeah, multiple times. And then he tried to throw that coffee cup at me and I immediately ran away. No, unfortunately, no, um, I, I didn't get to, to throw anything towards Barkley. And that was a little shady, you know, like the oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, nothing got completely out of hand. But by the time that shit was getting thrown up on that stage, uh, you started to think like, well, maybe they should put up a wall. Like maybe we've reached the uh, the end of the usefulness for for Barkley shit talking. Um, um, in fact, let me ask you this. I wasn't going to, but I want your opinion. I just got into an argument with somebody about this. So, you know, Barkley has been real vocal, man. He started a fight with Warrior fans. So strictly from an entertainment standpoint, you know, not, not backing whether or not he hates San Francisco or like your opinion on that, but just from like a television show you like to watch. Do you like that he's doing that WWF villain thing? Like, does it make the telecast more entertaining to you? Or is his shots at the bay starting to bother you? Um, neither. I mean, it's, it's more entertaining than bothering. Um, it's just Charles Barkley. Like he, I think I appreciate his color commentary and what he says and, you know, how he jokes around and it just so happens he doesn't love the Bay area and love staying in San Francisco. You know, it, what it is he's had, he's made jokes about other cities and other fan bases too. So I don't really take it personal. I, I thought I got out a little out of hand. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be fun back and forth, you know, not to the point to where it, it escalates to that next level where, you know, he's he telling like us he was, he'll fuck our mother. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not exactly. what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just, you know, like it had that energy where it was like, wait, are we back in, in East Oakland right now? Or are yeah. we still in downtown San Francisco? So, um, you know, you hate, you hated for, to see it go there. You, you'd want it just to stay at fun kind of trash talking back and forth, but I don't mind it. I mean, I, you know, he, he says that the Warriors are terrible and they're not going to win. And, you know, he always picks the other team against the Warriors. And he's done that for a long time before we even were in chase. So that's not new. Um, and, you know, when you ask him, well, what it, will it take for Dallas to actually win? He says divine intervention. So he knows that, you know, it's not a real pick. He just, you know, he has to ride with it. He's, he's 
that's his stick right now as part of it is he just doesn't like the Bay Area and the Warriors for winning championships with small ball when he said it could never That's happen. exactly right. It's it's is the last piece of him shit has in our style of play way back in 2015. You know, when he came out and said three pointers can't win championships. Now fast forward to 2022 and that not only can they win championships, that's the style of play everybody's trying to achieve in order to win a championship. And so yeah, I think it's just kind of like a vestige of that. He can't take shots at our style of play. So now he's taking shots at the area. I'll tell you the only thing that does bother me. So it doesn't, I, I like that he does it, man. If I'm about to go to the bathroom and someone stops me and says, hey, Barkley's about to take shots at the bay, I won't go. I, I stay and I listen. You know, the thing I don't like is that it's kind of made a, uh, the Warriors in San Francisco synonymous. You know, like the, the now every time you hear San Francisco or the Warriors, that is considered the only city that's associated with the team. And that you know, it's another step that pisses me off as an open yeah. resident. But I tell you what, I am burying the lead. Let's get <laughs> to the uh, the thing that requires our attention and the golden questions. So I only pulled one and here it is. Gentlemen, you have now watched six runs to the finals. With this team, let me pause for a second. Again, unbelievable empty. Unbelievable that we get to say that sentence into this microphone, picking it back up. Is this the most entertaining run so far? So I have a pretty definitive answer to this. Um, but not shockingly, my answer is going to be hell of long. So before I jump into that, <laughs> let me jump into you, man. You hear that question looking back, you know, and this. Not to diminish what's already happened because, you know, the previous five were unbelievable and they all have their own places in our heart and in history and all of that, you know, but is this the most entertaining one so far? Um, I'm going to go with no. It, it's been a fun ride um, and I'm excited, but to me, it's been more redemptive than it has been entertaining. Um, it feels like we're just justifying the fact that we never really left. Um, entertaining to me was the first run when we, the first championship, because it was us changing the league. It was Steph changing the way the game was played. It was us having the ultimate amount of fun. People didn't really view us as the villains yet. So it was entertaining because everybody was entertained, you know, you even if you didn't like the Warriors or you don't like the Warriors now, back then you probably were neutral, if not um, a semi fan. So um, I think that run to me was a little more entertaining by definition, just because we, it was the first one we had, you know, shown glimpses of it in the past two playoff series that we got knocked out and people could tell that we were on the cusp of something. And then we finally made it over it with, you know, um, a legendary backcourt and, you know, Draymond Green and Harrison Barnes and strike the numbers. And it was just a cool way to say, like, the league is shifting away from super uber stars that play in the post and one that compliments you in the guard position. And we're now going to positionless, um, you know, death lineup type of basketball that um, it was just fun to watch. Okay. Exceptionally wrong, completely wrong. <laughs> I, I, I should have gone first. It was also long, so I could have done my own there. And you know, we're trying to sell this finals to the audience, so it's crazy that you went in that direction. But luckily, MT, I'm here to prove why what you just said was stupid and inaccurate. All right. So the first point, and I've got a lot of them, the first point is going to be in concert with your opinion that is 2015. So you can kind of sit back and relax during this part because it'll actually support what you were just saying. 
the pinnacle of entertainment anywhere at any point in my mind, at least, is movies. Yeah. And when we look at sports movies, and this is true from, I think, every sports movie I've ever watched, it's never about the favorite. We are always rooting for the underdogs. If it's Rocky, if it's the Mighty Ducks, if it's the fucking Karate Kid, you're always rooting for the person who doesn't have a chance. So 2015, yep, we were rooting for the underdog. But for these last few, once we had KD, we didn't have that aspect. We weren't rooting for the underdog, and we've got that back now. So that's one bullet point why I think it's at least in the running. Now, here's why it beats out 2015. Point number one. Generally speaking, man, when you've gotten to the portion where you're enjoying something because you no longer have it in your life, where you finally appreciate something because it's been lost, you never get that thing back. You know, if you were like in a relationship that you didn't really appreciate, then you break up and you suddenly realize, oh, my God, that was the girl of my dreams. Generally speaking, that thing doesn't restart. You know, when you leave a vacation and then you're looking back and suddenly realize how much you enjoyed it, you don't get to bring yourself back to that portion of time. Well, these last two years, MD, we realized what the hell we had lost you know, when, when we weren't getting to the playoffs, when we were no longer title favorites, when the world didn't hate us, I think, at least speaking personally, you suddenly realized how lucky we were to have that dynastic team in our lives. Well, what happened this year? The impossible, Marcus. We've got it fucking back. Right when we were taught, enjoy this. Make sure that if you're ever lucky enough to have it again, savor every moment. It was handed right back to us. That did not happened in 2015. And I'll give you something else that didn't happen in 2015. These unbelievable redemptive storylines. Clay has come back and had to prove to the world that not one, but two catastrophic injuries couldn't slow him down. Who put us over the hump in the Western Conference Finals? Fucking Clay Thompson. Steph Curry has started to, to answer questions, things he sure as shit didn't have to answer in 2015 about is he mortal? Can he do this anymore? Is he still the heart of a championship contender? Well, the answer to that is a resounding yes. And we have new people, right? And if, if 2015 was establishing superstars, well, we've got that here too. Jordan Poole is showing the world he is ready to make the leap. Moody at 19 is more polished than people who have been playing this game for longer than he has been alive. This is unbelievable stuff, man. So I, I went through two decades never thinking that they would go to a finals. Then I watched them go to five. After that experience, I can tell you, at least in my very biased and over-the-top opinion, this is the best one. Now, what happens, it should, you know, we, we still have the finals ahead of us. There's a reason we're not calling this the most entertaining title run because there's no title yet. But I think that there is a world in which this is by far the most entertaining finals. And it's one that I, I just couldn't be more excited for. So what do you think? Did I, did I talk you into it or are you still holding on to your terrible opinion? Um, you did not talk me into it. I think you <laughs> laid out uh, a very strong argument and brought up a lot of valid points, but they all proved that what you're hanging on to isn't entertainment, it's appreciation. No, I think there's a difference. What, what was entertaining and what's entertainment is the first time you do it. It's the same reason why sequels all suck. It's because the first time you see a movie is because it's entertaining and it's amazing. Just like the first time we had that championship run, it was new to all of us. And we were like, it was just an amazing feeling. When you're going back and you're doing the sequels, 
and we had been there and then we hadn't, we had a 15 win season and then Clay is coming back and he's leading the way and we have all these youngsters. That's all, that's not entertainment. That's appreciation for the fact that we're Actually back there again and we know what we're looking inaccurate. at. Inaccurate. You know what never happens in a movie sequel? You never have new characters that are as good as the first. You know what never happens in a movie sequel? That the people who achieve something in the first one achieve it even bigger in the second in circumstances where everybody fucking questioned them. I mean, I, I we are now haggling over the word entertainment. I respect it, it is what it is. But I, I think that for me, this is the one I'm going to enjoy the most. You know, if, if what we identified before this thing set up was this was the fucking chimney tour, you know, that everyone who gave us smoke, we went at as hard as we could and we took them down. And so far, that's what we've accomplished. Then that's the stuff of an incredible run, just an incredible run, you know, and, and maybe I shouldn't set it up so that we are attacking both finals runs, you know, although I like conflict and <laughs> I appreciate you engaging in it here. Um, but I, I, I don't think that there's any way to look at this as anything but an unbelievably lucky thing that we get to experience, you know, and whether or not you think it's as good or better than the 2015, it's, it's a lot better than the 2015, but whether or not you consider it that way, it's still something that we can both enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, one of the reasons why the Avengers, you know, was so cool and exciting. Um, Thanos wasn't part of the first one, but he was there in the last one, you know, so there's a new character that's introduced um well, and at the it. end like when the avengers assemble right like that moment to me as being a big comic book fan and watching all the movies when they say that line and everybody comes out of the time port and they're just there like gave me goosebumps but i didn't think it was entertaining but hold on we're getting lost in the weeds let, let me take us out of these weeds if after the Avengers, people came out and said, you know what? The people who made that movie will never make another one that's anywhere near as good. Never. They never will. You know, and, and if they do make a movie and they do bring those people, it's going to suck ass and you're going to be bored and they're not going to be able to do it. And then what would happen? Then they came out and made one that was arguably fucking better. And that they came out with two middle fingers to everybody who criticized them. That's what's happening right now. So, you know, whether or not getting lost in what entertainment means or the details of Thanos's emergence and fucking the next Avengers movie, you know, let's not, that's not really what we need to focus on. What, what I'm focusing on here is they have attacked every storyline and have created an unbelievable fucking finals run, man. This is, uh, this is the stuff of movies. And it's something that I think we need to enjoy because there's no guarantee it comes back. Completely agree. I, I appreciate this, Ryan. Uh, last question for you. Now that the Warriors are undefeated at Chase Center uh, during the playoffs, I mean, like just abstractly, entirely undefeated, we have taken a lot of shots at the fans who go there. Are we still allowed to give any shit to Chase Center fan or does an undefeated record kind of speak for itself? Um, I, an undefeated record would go a long way in terms of us having to tamper it down. Um, we still have a finals run to go to we probably will play a Boston team that is really good and may break that streak. But even if we went undefeated at home and won the championship, it, you still have a long ways to go to, to build on all the stripes that Oracle has. Yeah. Uh, are you hoping for Boston? Do you, is there one team or the other who you want to see? Um, I mean, from a selfish standpoint, I'd, would rather play Miami because they're so banged up. I think we would sweep them. Um, and Boston kind of scares me, but 
Um, I think we will play Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, do you see Draymond said exactly that last night on the TNT set? Uh, Barkley pressed him on who he would prefer play. Yeah, Draymond gave him kind of a non-answer. And then uh, Shaq, it wasn't Barkley, I'm sorry, it was Shaq. Shaq pressed him on it. And what he said was, I won't tell you who I want to play, but I'll tell you who we're going to play. And then said Boston um, and, and kind of set it up that way. I think that's what happens too. I, if I could press a button, I think I'd prefer play uh, the heat for selfish reasons. You know, we've got such a relationship with Wes. I'd like to have him on and have like an insider who can give it to us. But if it's Boston, then, you know, continue the up the chimney tour because that's a team where we have unfinished drama with as far as Marcus Smart's concerned. Uh, so it should be pretty entertaining, man. Uh, and, yeah. and Bill Simmons was one of the biggest doubters of us even making this run. So it'd be it'd be great to stick it to him, too. That's exactly right. You listen to that, Bill? Fuck yourself. We're coming for you. Go Dubs. <laughs> With that in mind, you want to let us know that Marcus was right. 2015 was better that I was right. This run is unrivaled or you want to have any opinion of any kind. You can shoot it to us at our email. That's huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Uh, and our uh, loan presence on social media is Twitter. That one's at Warriors Huddle. With that, Jesus, what a terrible fucking close this is, Marcus. I'm like, I'm losing myself. I'm still frustrated by your bean picture and I can't complete my sentences. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.